Yo, what is going on, Cover 7 family? Welcome back to another episode here on the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast. And guys, in today's episode, we're going to be previewing all of the action, you know, post-Halloween weekend games of Week 9 of the 2022 NFL season. And man, do we have some pretty good matchups we're going to talk about. Uh, a little bit early, a little bit not early on, a little bit later on in today's episode, we got the Titans and Chiefs on Sunday Night Football. That'll definitely be a good one. And we have the Eagles and Texans on Thursday night to kick all of the games off for Week 9. But anyway, guys, before we do start talking a little bit about some, you know, some just a little bit about some NFL football, you know, I just want to ask you all to please make sure that you like, comment, share, rate, you know, especially if you are enjoying the podcast, just so it lets me know that, you know, y'all truly do like what I'm, you know, putting out for y'all and also just helps to continue to spread the Cover 7 podcast to everybody so that they can also stay up to date with college football and NFL news because, I mean, hey, the whole goal here on the Cover 7 podcast is to make sure that I spread my love of sports to everybody. So, guys, thank y'all for all the support that y'all have shown just throughout the past couple months. I mean, we haven't even been doing this for a year yet, and y'all truly have just shown so much support. So, thank you for all that y'all do. But, guys, like I always say here on the Cover 7 podcast, I do not want to waste y'all's time, mine included. So, let's get right into today's episode. And, guys, like I said, on Thursday Night Football to kick off week nine at 7.15 p.m. Central Time on Amazon Prime on Thursday Night Football. We have the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles, who currently sit at 7-0, taking on the struggling Houston Texans. And not too much really to say about this game. Obviously, I think if you just watch any NFL football at all, you know right now the Eagles, they're on a hot spree. A.J. Brown, who they acquired from the Titans or, uh, during the draft here this year, just balled out last week against the Steelers, putting up three receiving touchdowns. Jalen Hurts also looked really good as well. was pretty much almost dang near perfect. They also were able to get things going in the run game. And the defense was also shut down as well. I mean, they went out and traded for Robert Quinn to add another veteran uh, defender on their defense, which, I mean, Robert Quinn is one of definitely one of the best pass rushers in all the NFL, despite his age. And I know everybody's going to kind of critique him for that, but... He's one of the, like one of only a couple players in NFL history that have 18 and a half sacks in a season, so still is a big time threat. And honestly, in this game, they're going up against a Houston Texans O line that really struggled last week. You know, rookie running back for the Texans, Damian Pierce out of Florida, who a lot of people are really high on, myself included, didn't really get anything going against Tennessee. You know, Jeffrey Simmons, Denico Autry of the Tennessee Titans, they had a field day when it came to rushing Davis Mills. And I just think the fact that now that the uh, Texans are going to be going up against an even better defensive line and just defense overall, especially in the secondary. You know, the Eagles, they have guys like Marcus Epps. You got Darius Slay. You got James Bradbury. And that's just to name a few of the guys that they just have on this outstanding defense. So, obviously, I'm going to have to pick the Philadelphia Eagles. They definitely should win this game. They definitely should. For some reason, for me, because they're going to be coming off a short week, obviously. They played Sunday. They're going to be going all the way down to Houston to play on Thursday. You know, a lot of people might feel like it's going to be a trap game, one of those weird coincidence games where Houston somehow comes out with a win. But I just think that this offense is too electric with all the weapons that they have. A.J. Brown, you got Devontae Smith, Miles Sanders, who put up 75 rushing yards last week against the Steelers, and then Jalen Hurts, who is playing like an MVP for the Eagles. I think this should be an easy win for the Philadelphia Eagles. So give me the Eagles over the Texans on Thursday night football to kick off week nine of the 2022 NFL season. So. But anyway, guys, that is the only game that we do have on Thursday and during the week. So now let's get over to Sunday, which is our main day of games. We don't have any international games. We're not going to be playing in Germany or Mexico City yet. So we will, 
you know, just talk immediately about our noon slate of games. And the first game that we're going to talk about is going to be at 12 p.m. Central Time on Fox as we have Justin Herbert and the struggling Los Angeles Chargers who partially not really due to their fault as well. They have, they've just had a ton of injuries. Star cornerback J.C. Jackson, he's out for the rest of the year. Keaton Allen, who's kind of been back and forth with injuries. Mike Williams, who's dealing with an injury. You know, they're really banged up right now and even on the offensive line as well. So, But they're going to be traveling out to Atlanta to take on Marcus Mariota and the Atlanta Falcons, who had arguably one of the just one of the most entertaining games against the Carolina Panthers last week. You know, they would ultimately win in overtime by a young way coup, a game winning field goal in overtime, but just overall was a really entertaining game to watch. I like Marcus Mariota. I like this Atlanta Falcons offense. I know they're, Really, their bread and butter is not going to be throwing the football. It's going to really be running the ball. But Cordell Patterson is out with an injury still. I haven't really heard too much about him. I mean, if I looked it up probably and find a little bit more in depth, I could tell y'all. But just for the most part, he's not going to be playing in this game. Marcus Mariota, who's kind of had a resurgence, so to speak. I know these past few weeks, especially against Cincinnati and Carolina last week, haven't been his best games by any means, but they've still been able to get things going. Their defense, which has really stepped up, even despite trading you know, their all-pro linebacker, Deion Jones, to the uh, Cleveland Browns just a few weeks ago, they've still played really well. So I just think going up against a team like the Chargers, which are really defeated, they don't have a, just a, a decent amount of their stars on defense. Uh, Joey Bosa is going to be out with an injury. J.C. Jackson is going to be out with an injury. They're really banged up. They're really weak when it comes to secondary. I know they still have Derwin James, Asante Samuel, Bryce Callahan, and all of those guys, but I just feel like right now they're at a really vulnerable, just really vulnerable spot, and I think, honestly, Atlanta, they will take advantage of that. So give me the Atlanta Falcons in this game over the Los Angeles Chargers because also, too, you got to look at the offensive side of the football for the Chargers, which is going to be a really big factor in this game. Justin Herbert hasn't looked like himself these past few weeks. Austin Eckler has not been able to get things going like I know a lot of fantasy owners have really been wanting him to be able to do. And then add on top that Keenan Allen's banged up and may not even play in this game. And that Mike Williams, who's their second option at wide receiver, he won't even play in this game. It's just a perfect, perfect mix of ingredients for the Atlanta Falcons to win this game. So give me the Falcons to win this game and continue to stay in first place in the NFC South, which has just been a terrible division, you know. And for all the people out there that you know aren't really big football nerds like me that don't really know each division by itself, the NFC South, it consists of Carolina, New Orleans, Atlanta, and uh, Tampa Bay. So, and the fact that Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, I think, are at like third right now in the NFC South is just really disappointing. But, hey, if Atlanta somehow they make it into the playoffs with this really weak, really weak and young roster that they do have, I mean, hey, that's definitely a plus for him. But at the same time, back to the matchup that we're talking about, I don't want to get too much off the topic. I have Atlanta beating the Los Angeles Chargers to kick off Sunday's action. Now, guys, the next game that we're going to talk about at 12 p.m. Central Time on CBS, we have the Miami Dolphins led by Tua Tagovailoa and Jalen Waddle with Tyreek Tyreek Hill as well. I mean, I can't forget, you know, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL traveling out to Soldier Field to take on the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears, these past two weeks, their offense has been starting to kind of pick things up. They're starting to play to the strong suit of Justin Fields, their second-year quarterback out of Ohio State. They're running the football a lot more. Justin Fields looked amazing running the ball. So did Khalil Herbert, David Montgomery. Just, they're finally playing to the strengths of this team. It's a rebuilding year, obviously. They're not going to want to win every game. And, you know, also it very much was prominent as early in the week they traded their all-pro linebacker. And currently right now the NFL's leader in tackles, uh, Roquan Smith, they traded him to the Baltimore Ravens. So you can tell they're trying to get as much draft capital as they can 
trying to clear as much cap as they can. So in next year's free agency, they'll be able to be pretty big spenders. I think they have over $100 million right now in cap space, which I think is either the top of the NFL or one of the top leaders in the NFL. And, you know, but the biggest thing is they were able to run the ball against a really good pass def or really good rush defense in the Dallas Cowboys. They were able to put up 29 points and, I mean, that was just really, really solid game. I know they lost by 20 points, obviously. The defense has been horrendous, which is not good because now they're going up against one of the best offenses in the NFL in the Miami Dolphins that have probably the scariest two-headed uh, duo at wide receiver with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, who both had over 100 yards receiving last week. Jalen Waddle, he had two big-time touchdown receptions for the Dolphins. And then Tua Tagovailoa, who's finally starting to get more back into his rhythm after dealing with a lot of scary concussion issues to begin the year. He's really starting to get his rhythm back as well. And Miami, I know on defense, struggled a little bit against the Lions, but they were able to finally pick things up. And in this game, as much as I want to go with the Bears and kind of have that upset mentality, I just think the fact that the Bears' def defense, which is so young and so weak, and now that they just lost arguably their keystone at – or not at defense, pretty much lost their quarterback on defense in Roquan Smith – I just think that they're too young. They're just not going to be able to compete, especially with a high-powering offense like the Miami Dolphins, who's going to be able to throw the football all over you. I mean, I think this should be an easy win for the Miami Dolphins. So give me the Dolphins over the Chicago Bears in this noon matchup. Now, guys, for the next game that we have on our noon slate at 12 p.m. Central Time on Fox, we have the Carolina Panthers traveling out to Cincinnati to take on the Cincinnati Bengals. And, you know, if you're a Carolina Panther fan, you've got to be pretty pleased with how P.J. Walker played last week against Atlanta. You know, obviously had that Hail Mary to D.J. Moore in the end zone, which they should have won that game. The whole penalty behind D.J. Moore taking off his helmet, them flagging him 15 yards, and then them missing the extra point. We can discuss that all we want, but overall, it was not a bad showing by P.J. Walker, who was an XFL standout before that league got shut down due to COVID. And I think pretty much for the rest of the year, they're going to move forward with him as quarterback. Obviously, they're going to want to get the best draft pick that they absolutely can. They're probably going to try and target a quarterback. But, you know, overall, not a horrifically bad week. I know the defense was against Atlanta, obviously. But the offense, it looked a little bit better. DJ Moore finally had his big game so far in this 2022 campaign, Put over, got over 100 receiving yards, and really started to look like the DJ Moore that we got so accustomed to seeing. And then for the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, just their offense is just really good with Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow. I know they won't have Jamar Chase in this game, but I just think that Joe Burrow, and especially the fact they're going to be playing at Cincinnati, it's going to be too much for the Carolina Panthers. So give me the Cincinnati Bengals over the Panthers in this matchup. Now, guys, for our next game, we're going to have an NF, NFC. In, I almost said South. My bad. I don't know my I don't know my geography that well. <laughs> but at 12 p.m. Central Time on Fox, and this and this will be a NFC North matchup as we have the Green Bay Packers taking on the Detroit Lions up in Detroit. And I never thought I would say this, but I really don't know who to pick for this game. I mean, Green Bay, they showed a lot of improvement in the second half against Buffalo last week. The offense was able to start getting things going. They really were feeding the ball to Aaron Jones, which I know a lot of Packer fans have been, like, begging. And I mean begging, you know, just that whole coaching staff to do, especially the offensive coaching staff. I mean, they have been begging for them to run the football. And when they did, they were able to put up almost 200 rushing yards last week against a really stout defense in Buffalo. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, who didn't look fantastic, but it wasn't all just his fault. 
I mean, his offensive line pretty much gave him no time to be able to throw the football. So, I mean, you're not expected to be able to make those miraculous throws if you're not even able to barely get a second after you snap the football. But, you know, going up against the Detroit Lions, who have been in so many close games, they've dropped so many games, you know, after having a pretty good first two weeks of the season, almost beating Philadelphia, beating Washington in week two, they've kind of just started to fall off the totem pole. And I just think that now that the Green Bay Packers, they really know what they need to do in this offense. You don't have Devontae Adams anymore on the outside you know you can't just really do do a little do a little out route or do a little slant over the middle and him just take it all the way to the house you've got to rely more on your run game I think as more as his offensive line gets more healthy and everything like that I think they'll finally be able to get to back to their normal ways for the Packers. So give me the Green Bay Packers over the Detroit Lions. The Packers defense also played decently well in the second half as well. I mean uh, Jair Alexander and Rasul Douglas they both had interceptions on Josh Allen the defense was able to really stop the run of Buffalo. I know Stephon Diggs, he still had his normal, typical field day game against the Packers. But overall, it was really a really good second half. And I think, I don't want to get too too optimistic with the Packers, but they showed a lot of improvement. So give me the Green Bay Packers over the Detroit Lions in this NFC North matchup. Now, guys, for our next game on our, on our noon slate of games at 12 p.m. Central Time on CBS, we have the Indianapolis Colts traveling out to Foxborough to take on Mac Jones and the New England Patriots. And for the Patriots, you know, you defeated the Jets for what is now like the t- like 10th, 12th game in a row or something like that. Like the Jets haven't beat the Patriots since back in like 2015. So the Patriots, they looked really I'd say really good on defense. They looked really good on defense. They forced three interceptions off of Zach Wilson. They were able to contain the run game. They really didn't allow too, too much. But Mac Jones, who's still dealing with the injury, obviously, he's going to be dealing with that for the next few weeks. He didn't look great, but he didn't look bad at the same time. Um, But they're going up against the Indianapolis Colts team, which I know they lost to Washington last week. Taylor Heineke looked really good, obviously connected with – scary Terry McLaurin to get him all the way down the field and then Taylor Heineke would run it into the end zone to give the Washington Commanders the game but I do think that the Colts are starting to get a little bit back to their ways their defense is starting to slowly step up a little bit obviously having a guy like Shaq Leonard will be huge in this game Um, as much as I do want to pick the Colts I like Sam Ellinger I liked him when he was at Texas I love the leadership that he brings which which I think is something that this Colts team really does need especially with how young they are at offense I just personally think that the Patriots, I think being at home, they're going to really want to bounce back after that Monday night loss to Chicago, want to give the home fans something to cheer about again. So give me the New England Patriots in this game, but I do think it'll be a close one, but I have to go with Bill Belichick and the Patriots because I know he was probably pissed after that Monday night game against the Chicago Bears. So, But anyway, guys, the next game that we do have on our slate is going to be at 12 p.m. Central Time on CBS as we have Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills traveling out to East Rutherford to take on Zach Wilson and the New York Jets. Now, for me personally, I'll just tell you outright, Buffalo, they will win this game. They will absolutely win this game. I think, you know, obviously you're going to hear a lot about Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and the Buffalo Bills offense about, you know, just how they're going to absolutely carve up, you know, the New York Jets defense. But I think the biggest story in this game is going to be the fact that how poor the Jets' offense has been and how good the Bills' defense is because I think the Bills, they're going to be able to force some decent turnovers on the Jets. They're, you know, And also, too, and I completely kind of went through my brain, Tredavious White is coming back for the Bills in this game. This will be his first game back since he tore his ACL last year. So he will be playing in his first game of the 2022 season for the Bills. So they're going to have their all-pro cornerback back as well as all of the young talent that they do have, Kyrie Elam, all of those guys, I mean – 
Zach Wilson will probably throw at least two-plus picks. If there's like a bet, and I know there's probably a bet somewhere, whether it's on DraftKings or wherever y'all do y'all's bets, there's probably a bet that's going to be over or under on Zach Wilson and how many interceptions he's going to throw. And I will tell you, he's probably going to throw at least two-plus interceptions. So I think Buffalo, they're just going to suffocate this Jets offense. Obviously, Josh Allen, I know he's not going to like the fact that he had a pretty, pretty and game against the Packers last week, throwing two interceptions, which could have easily have been avoided. They weren't like those, oh my gosh, well, there's nothing he could really do do those are just kind of boneheaded passes by him getting a little bit too too comfortable with how the defense was playing so but in this game I've got to go with the Buffalo Bills just how good their offense is and then to add on top of that just how how bad the Jets offense has been and now they're going up against one of the better defenses in all of the NFL this should be an easy win for the Buffalo Bills so give me the Bills over the New York Jets and I like the Jets don't get me wrong I'm not hating on the Jets I don't wish bad on them or anything like that I personally like the fact that they're sitting at five and three and are one of the top teams in the AFC in terms of just standings and everything but we've got to be realistic the Buffalo Bills they are a Super Bowl contender right now I know just that offense cannot be stopped you know James Cook who looked really good last week against the Green Bay Packers was also able to run the ball pretty well so adding him into this whole little formula that Ken Dorsey has going for the Buffalo Bills it should be a pretty interesting game to watch so but anyway guys our next game that we do have on our noon slate at 12 p.m central time on Fox we have Kirk Cousins who's Mr. Kirk Swaggy Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings traveling out to Washington to take on the Washington Commanders and personally for me, I like the new swag that um, Taylor Heineke he brings to the Washington Commanders you know they've now I don't think they've won two straight. They might have actually. Hold up, give me one sec, guys. Let me let me look real quick if they've won two straight. Yeah, they've won three straight games now. Okay, I didn't even realize that. You know, Washington, they've won three straight games now. I know Carson Wentz, he did play in that Thursday night game against the Bears, but ever since Taylor Heineke stepped into the starting role again, it seems like this team has a new swagger. You know, Terry McLaurin, he's played a lot better as well. The offense with Antonio Gibson, he's played really good as well. And then the defense, they've stood up pretty solid as well. So... Washington, I like them a lot, but they're going up against a Kirk Cousins-led offense that has Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and then don't even don't even forget Dalvin Cook, who also ran for 100-plus rushing yards last week against the Arizona Cardinals. So it's a no-brainer who I'm going to pick in this game. It's going to be the Minnesota Vikings. I think if Kirk Cousins, he can avoid throwing interceptions and making turnovers and is just able to not be fancy, just do what you need to do play Viking football, be able to get the ball out to Justin Jefferson and all your key players in the defense, which played phenomenal last week against Kyler Murray. I know D-Hop, he had an amazing game, putting up over 150 receiving yards. But outside of that, the pass rush was just amazing. They were they were really able to get Kyler Murray out of the pocket and make him uncomfortable. So Darius Smith, he had his best game as a Minnesota Viking so far, the former Baltimore Raven and Green Bay Packers. So in this game, personally, I'm going to have to go with Minnesota. I just like the fact that their defense has been really good and their offense, which is finally starting to step up after that Week 2 loss against the Philadelphia Eagles. So give me Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings in this matchup. And then now, guys, for our final game of our noon slate at 12 p.m. Central Time on CBS. We have, I don't even know if Derek Carr will be playing in this game or starting at least. We have Derek Carr and the Las Vegas Raiders traveling out east to take on Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, despite Jacksonville losing last week to the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson, which I think that was really, that really wasn't the Broncos winning that game. That was more of the Jaguars losing that game because they had all the opportunities in the world to blow out the Broncos. They had all the opportunities in the world. You know, Trevor Lawrence didn't throw the interception right on the goal line. That would have been a touchdown. 
If also he didn't throw that interception towards the end of the game right to K1 Williams, that could have potentially set them up for a game winner. So it's, there's a lot of what ifs, this and that. But at the end of the day, they did lose that game. But one big positive that did come out of that game in London was the fact that Travis Etienne, their first round pick back in 2021 out of Clemson, who also was Trevor Lawrence's teammate at Clemson, he played really well, put up over 100 rushing yards. I think it was like 140-ish. You know, he looked really good, and he's starting to kind of, you know, fulfill into that running back one spot, and that's ultimately why the Jaguars did trade James Robinson to the New York Jets. And then for the Jaguars, the defense didn't play half that bad as well. The pass rush was really good. Josh Allen, the secondary, which wasn't the greatest but wasn't bad or wasn't horrifically bad. And then also on the flip side for Las Vegas Raiders, I don't think there's a lot to talk about for them. I mean, I really don't. I mean, offensively, they looked horrendous. Now, Devontae Adams, he was sick, you know, sick during the week before that game leading up to the Saints, so you can kind of give him that. Only got targeted, I think, three times and only had one reception for three yards. But at the end of the day, Derek Carr just continues to struggle this year. I mean, he would get benched in favor of the backup Jarrett Stidham, who has been known as kind of a journeyman now. He's going he's gonna to keep bouncing back and back from teams, so... Just not a good look. Josh Jacobs was not also able to get really anything going in the and on the run. And not to mention either, the New Orleans Saints didn't even have their top cornerback in Marshawn Lattimore in that game. Like, there really was no excuse for the Las Vegas Raiders not to win that game. And I even picked them, and I said they would win big. I mean, when you have Devontae Adams, you have Josh Jacobs, who's coming off an amazing game. I mean, you had no excuse to lose that game. But the fact that I think Jacksonville offensively, they will be able to pick up some things. I like what Doug Peterson, he's doing with Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, I think he just needs to be developed a little bit more. But the fact that they're starting to get a little bit, you know, starting to get some weapons around him. Christian Kirk, who I know, I know a lot of people hate on him because of the big contract he got in the offseason, how it screwed up the whole wide receiver market. He's been pretty solid for the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars being their number one option. I mean, he's been he's also been a return specialist, and he's also also pretty much their wide receiver one or wide receiver two. So, but overall, I like Jacksonville in this game. So, give me the Jaguars over the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, guys, we're going to travel into our late evening or late late slate of games. And the first game that we do have at 3:05 p.m. Central Time on Fox, we have Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks traveling down to Arizona to take on Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. And for the Cardinals, really the only positive that came out of that game against the Vikings last week was the fact that DeAndre Hopkins continued to prove why he is a, why he is the top wide receiver in all the NFL. I mean, he absolutely was burning their secondary of the Vikings. But Kyler Murray still struggled with decision-making, still struggled with making the right throws. He threw two interceptions and just really struggled. And, I mean, it's kind of, kind of concerning if you are an Arizona Cardinal fan because now you're starting to really think, oh shoot, this may not really be our guy. We just gave him a huge contract. And there's a lot of questions and a lot of what-ifs for their offense. And then don't even get me started on the defense because the defense got carved up like crazy. I mean, Dalvin Cook, 100-plus rushing yards. Justin Jefferson, he had 98, 98 receiving yards, but pretty much just rounded that up to 100. Kirk Cousins also was pretty much dang near perfect against them as well. So just a really rough day for the Arizona Cardinals team. And then to make matters worse in this game, they're going up against one of the best passing teams in the NFL, in the Seattle Seahawks, which they continue to be one of the best stories in the NFL. Geno Smith, who had a really rocky start to his career with the Jets, bounced around a few teams, went to the Giants, went to the Chargers, and then has been with the Seattle Seahawks the past few years behind Geno, or not behind Geno Smith, behind Russell Wilson. 
and he's been developing, and it definitely is showing this year because he's making all of those dime passes that I know a lot of West Virginia fans, they got accustomed to seeing during his time up in Morgantown. DK Metcalf, who's an absolute trooper, came back last week. Tyler Lockett, who struggled a little bit early on with a fumble and then just a wide open drop. He bounced back and was able to get a touchdown reception. And then Kenneth Walker, who's going to easily become the running back one for the Seattle Seahawks. And then not to mention, that wasn't even the best part of their game against the New York Giants last week. Their defense is really the story that we need to be talking about because Tariq Woolen, Kobe Bryant, and their young secondary, which has a ton of rookies, they stepped up when it mattered the most. They locked down Darius Slayton and all those wide receivers for the New York Giants. And then the, the rush defense... They contained Daniel Jones. They contained Saquon Barkley to less than 100 yards rushing in this game. Daniel Jones, who only had, I think, like 40 total yards at halftime, they just played so good. And I know they're currently sitting at 5-3, and three, but really, in my opinion, they are one of the top teams right now in the NFL. So give me the Seattle Seahawks over the Arizona Cardinals. And funny enough... I don't know why Arizona is favored in this game. Maybe because DeAndre Hopkins and he might honestly have a career day because he's going up against a young secondary. But Kyler Murray is a accident. Or he's literally an explosion waiting to blow. And I'm telling you, just get him uncomfortable. Get him out of the pocket. Get him running around. I know a lot of people make fun of him, kind of like he runs like a toddler or whatever. But just get him uncomfortable, and he will miss, and he will make those mistakes. He will absolutely make those mistakes, and that's why I'm picking the Seattle Seahawks in this game because I chose wrong last week. I picked the Giants over the Seattle Seahawks, and I refuse to pick this. I refuse to pick against the Seahawks. So give me Geno Smith and the Seahawks in this game. And then now, guys, for our okay, that's weird. So we only have two uh, two late slate two uh, two late games. In our late slate, which I didn't even realize. I thought we had more. But anyway, guys, for our final game in our late slate of games at 325 p.m. Central Time on CBS, we have the NFC Divisional Round rematch as we have the Los Angeles Rams traveling down to Tampa Bay to take on Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Now, looking in the offseason, this was a game I was personally looking forward to. You have the former uh, Super Bowl champions two years ago taking on the reigning Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams. Both teams' rosters are pretty much identical. You know, the Rams, they went out and got Bobby Wagner. They made a few trades. Yes, they did lose Vaughn Miller and OBJ, but still, they looked really good. They, they were able to sign Matthew Stafford to a huge contract extension. Same with Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald. And then for Tampa Bay, you know, Tom Brady lost his best weapon, Rob Gronkowski, Rob Gronkowski to retirement. But overall, they kept the same team. And man, both of these teams have got to be probably some of the most disappointing teams this year. I mean, the Rams, whose offense just cannot get anything going, which is kind of shocking. And then to make matters worse for the Rams, Cooper Cup got a little bit banged up in last week's game against the 49ers, so he may not even really play that much in this game. And if he does play, he's going to be kind of at 50%, so that's something to watch out for. And then for the Buccaneers, you know, there's been a lot going on in Tom Brady's personal life. I'm not really going to get into too too much of that because that's his own, that's his own life, that's his own situation. But... Just the defense has also played horrendous as well. I mean, the pass rush has been non-existent. Devin White, who's kind of prided himself on being a really good, really good blitzing running back, he's missed a lot of tackles. He's missed a lot of gaps and a lot of reads. So this game I'm kind of twisted about. I really don't know who to pick, but I like the fact that Tampa Bay, they're going to be at home. The Rams, they're still really banged up. I I really want to say Tampa Bay, if they properly are able to get Leonard Fournette going. I know last week against the Ravens, I was like, okay, Leonard Fournette, he's starting to get things going, yada, yada, yada. They went away from it, and 
just didn't look like themselves. But I'm going to say Tampa Bay. They get back in the win column. So give me the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the Los Angeles Rams. And then now, guys, for our final game on Sunday and for Sunday night football and one of the best matchups of the weekend at 7 p.m. or 7.20 p.m. Central Time on NBC, we have Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans traveling to Kansas City to take on Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, who just so happen to be coming off of the bye week. So, so this Chiefs team, they will be very much well-rested. You know, they also went out and traded for former New York Giants first-round pick Kadarius Toney. I know he's still banged up, probably won't play in this game, but still is something definitely in the future to watch out for as he might potentially be Tyreek Hill's replacement. I know you can't necessarily replace all of the production that Tyreek Hill he did for the Chiefs, but with a guy like Kadarius Toney, who was in the literal absolute definition of a speedster at Florida and kind of resembled Percy Harvin a little bit, I mean, he'll actually he would be an absolute weapon for the Kansas City Chiefs going forward. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, that whole offense, even Jarek McKinnon, who's starting to really revitalize his career for the Kansas City Chiefs, they balled out against the 49ers two weeks ago, and I should and I absolutely expect the same. Now for Tennessee, they've got a, they've got a really solid defensive line, like I talked about earlier when we we're talking about the Texans game. They've got Danico Autry, Jeffrey Simmons, Zach Cunningham. You know they've got a really good young core. I know Danico isn't really that young but overall they have a really solid defense but I do think that Kansas City Chiefs their offense is just way too dang good Derrick Henry you know they're gonna feed him the ball and I mean they will literally feed him probably 25 plus carries in this game but I just think that the Chiefs are gonna be very well game planned and just overall I think Kansas City led by Patrick Mahomes they should get the dub on Sunday night football so give me Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs to beat the Tennessee Titans on Sunday night football to wrap up all of our action on Sunday, so let me know what y'all's personal favorite game is going to be on Sunday. I think mine is definitely going to be that Chiefs and Titans game because whenever the Chiefs and Titans play, it's always very interesting. So definitely looking forward, definitely looking forward to that game on Sunday night. So, but anyway, guys, in our final game that we're going to talk about in the final game of Week Nine of the 2022 NFL season on Monday Night Football at 7:15 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. We have Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens traveling down to New Orleans to take on the New Orleans Saints. And, well, the Baltimore Ravens, they made a splash trade right before the trade deadline, went over to Chicago and said, hey, you know what? We need a little bit more defensive help. Give us your best absolute defensive player. And that is exactly what the Ravens got. They went and got all-pro linebacker Roquan Smith. It didn't really have to give up too much for him. Now, obviously, a big reason for that is due to the fact that Roquan Smith will be a free agent at the end of the year. So, kind of decreased his value a little bit, but still only giving up a second and I think it was a fifth or sixth for a guy that literally leads the NFL in tackling right now is huge. And the fact you also pair him up with your other stud linebacker and Patrick Queen out of LSU, who is going to be able to learn under Roquan Smith, is going to be huge for this Ravens defense and definitely gives them a boost in terms of just defensive production because teams won't really want to throw the football in the middle of the field and they're also going to have to worry now about guys like Jason Pierre-Paul. You're also going to have to worry about Clayus Campbell, who will be back this week after being sick last week and not playing against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So in this game, you know, they're going to be playing against New Orleans. You know, the Saints absolutely exploited the Las Vegas Raiders last week. The offense was really clicking. Alvin Kamara, he finally got things going, put up 90 receiving yards and a touchdown, and also was able to run the ball. Pretty effective, but I think Lamar Jackson and this team, they finally, in the second half of that Tampa Bay game, they finally came back to realization, look, 
our bread and butter is going to be running the football. Whether it's with Kenyon Drake, Kenyon Drake, whether it's with Lamar Jackson, we've got to run the football. And now that Mark Andrews, who is probably not even going to play in this game due to an injury he suffered last week against the Bucks, is going to be a huge factor. So give me Lamar Jackson and this new revitalized Baltimore Ravens team after making that huge splash acquisition and getting Roquan Smith. So give me the Ravens over the Saints to wrap up week nine of the 2022 NFL season. So guys, thank y'all so much for listening to today's episode. And once again, let me know what y'all's favorite game is going to be here on week nine. We have so many good matchups. And I know me personally, I'm super excited to watch pretty much every single one of them. So guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Once again, before you do leave, make sure you like, comment, share, rate, do whatever you can to make sure that we continue to spread the Cover 7 podcast to everybody so that they can also stay up to date with anything football related. But once again, guys, thank y'all so very much, and I will see y'all back here on Tuesday for the recap of the 2022 NFL season in Week 9. So peace, guys. Have an amazing weekend, and I'll see y'all then soon. Peace.